<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Ty Haney started Outdoor Voices right out of college. There was like no other job. It was right out of college, which is insane to think about because unless you live under a rock, you know what Outdoor Voices is, right? Listen, that doing things bag was slung over a shoulder everywhere I went. So was the hat. So was the water bottle. You know, Ty really revolutionized the workout industry, I think. And then out of nowhere... As I'm sure you might have seen, a bunch of articles started appearing, highlighting various issues at the company, issues that I personally always felt weren't really anybody's business. Um, Ty has since left OV uh, very publicly, and we are going to talk about that today. I haven't been able to really talk one-on-one with her about this, and I've been dying to. And so I'm really excited about this episode because in it, we discuss what led to her decision to leave the company What happens when you are very young, start your own brand, the mistakes she made, the things that she will obviously never do moving forward again. And then she also started a new Web3 software and and an incredible new product called Joggy to launch in conjunction. And it's incredibly fascinating. I've never really been able to understand Web3, but she did it, baby. Please enjoy. Wait, by the way, I was, um, I don't know when I saw it, but it was in the recent months, I looked back at our text messages, something, I found old texts from when I was at Reformation and you said, I'm uh-huh. working on a like athletic, like kind of workout brand. My dad and I have been looking at fabrics and we'd love oh to talk god. to you. And you and I oh, had shit. a call. Like, oh my God. <laughs> That's <laughs> nuts. Wow. Isn't that so funny? I mean, that was like the very, very beginning then. Holy shit. Many moons ago. Yeah, it was like way before Outdoor Voices even launched. Uh Uh-huh. Holy shit, that's nuts. Whoa, a lot happened, baby. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, how are you, first of all? I'm really good. I moved to Tucson during COVID because my husband's from this area. From Austin, we wanted more space to play and mountains to climb. So my social life's gone like way down. (laughs) (laughs) 
beautiful uh, for startup life because I'm very focused. And actually, there are very nice, lovely people here also. Are you... Yeah, I mean, is it is it odd being just from a personal... Is it like weird being so isolated like with your husband or is it making you guys grow closer or are you kind of being like, I need some space? Um, well, we have all the space in the world, which is nice, but he's on tour quite often now that like yeah. things are turning back on. So we have enough space. It's quite nice. And then we're actually going to be, we're spending the summer. It's way too hot here in the summer to stay. So we're going to be in California. Um, oh, great. But it, it's been lovely. I, I mean, the like there's a million saguaro cactuses and like it's so nature oriented here. It's quite cool. So before we talk about your new brand, mm-hmm. let's talk about Outdoor Voices. <laughs> sure. Totally. Okay. You tell me. Well, what do you want to know? <laughs> I'd love to even just know really quickly, like quick refresher of like how everything started. Yeah. At OV? Yeah. I started it right after school and we both went to Parsons, I believe. You went to Parsons? In New York? Yeah. yeah. So I, well, I had grown up in Boulder, Colorado, super outdoorsy town we literally hiked as a family before school every day like that was our routine no. and, uh-huh. it was nuts um i have, have nothing i don't yes and and i love colorado and like uh, you're um like my i'm not like outdoorsy like at all like totally. every time i see you being like here i'm in a mountain i'm like well, i don't know how to get there like what do i do there like <laughs> i mentioned it because like that was the way I grew up. Like yeah. my mom and my aunt are twins and they're like extremely sporty. They were track athletes. And like, I guess, I mean, you have a lot of energy I can tell, but I also do. And like, I have to exercise every day or that energy yeah. turns like not in a good way. So yeah. even more so than anything, like being active on a daily basis is just something I personally need for like health and happiness yeah. from a mental perspective. So I just mentioned that because that's really where it started growing up, kind of knowing this way of life where whether you're hopping on the bike to like go to school or hiking up a mountain, like it was just like part of your daily life. You had to do it. And then I went to, I took a year off, went to school in New York at Parsons. I didn't study fashion. Did you study fashion there? I was design and management. Oh yeah, me too. Okay. What the hell? (laughs) What year did you graduate? I think I graduated 2012. How about you? Okay. I'm older. Okay. Well, such a good program. I I look back at that and like the number one thing for me was that first year of learning all of the Adobe programs, like the ability to then like visualize your ideas, package them into a deck and then like go get people hyped about it was, was really valuable. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But anyway, I started Active Voices out of that um, and really had grown up someone obsessed with Nike. I really loved Nike was like all about being fast when running, you know, track races, et cetera. But being in New York realized like it was no longer about winning the races, but all about like, how am I going to find inspiration or motivation just to move on a daily basis? So Mm. Outdoor Voices was built on kind of that positioning. So very much kind of the opposite positioning to the traditional kind of macho activewear brands, but rather about how do we create a brand that frees fitness from performance and like uh, gets people who don't traditionally think of themselves as an athlete moving, enjoying movement and, and showing up for fun. So that was kind of the... The beginnings. I think I started it at 23, right out of school. This is crazy. Yeah, it was cool. Because was most people fun. work for a startup first. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> totally. I, well, that was like my business school or startup. It was, it, I look back because I, what was it? At least eight years, maybe longer. And I, I learned so much. It was like a crazy education. Yeah, absolutely. 
The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is take a big swig of my water with two of my seed probiotics. And that is because there really is nothing better. It turns out everything you think you know about probiotics may be wrong. And that's why I love seed because they fixed it. Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic is the real deal. It is a broad spectrum two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic. It has a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in its scientifically studied dosages. And it's been engineered in a two-in-one capsule that protects the probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. Isn't that insanely cool? If you've taken a probiotic before and never felt the difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving in your GI tract. Seed is designed differently and that is why it works. It supports benefits beyond the gut. It will ease bloating. It'll improve healthy regularity and ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean. But it'll also support your gut barrier, your skin health, your heart health, and your micronutrient synthesis. Gut immune function is not boosting the immune system. It's about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. So you will see improvements in your digestion within 24 to 48 hours, which can include a bowel movement, regularity, and eased bloating. To start a new healthy habit today, visit seed.com slash best and use code best to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. That's c.com slash best and use code best. We always talk on here about preventative medicine and it seems like that conversation never occurs when it comes to fertility. I had to learn that the hard way. Many of us are learning the hard way and thank God that there are companies like Modern Fertility who are working to help you make informed decisions about your life based on what's going on in your body. Modern Fertility was created as an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You can mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. So think about it. Like we always get these questions on the podcast where someone's dating someone and they're not really sure if they like them, but you know, quote unquote, my time is running up. And my suggestion always is first and foremost, take a modern fertility test because don't give yourself pressure if you don't know what's going on with your body. This gives you all the insight to your hormones, your ovarian reserve, and then you can take those results and talk to a doctor one-on-one. And then you can take those results and talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to think about your great options for your next steps. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same information at $159, which is a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia, you get $20 off your test. If you have an HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars towards Modern Fertility as well. So like I said, modernfertility.com slash Pia will give you $20 off the test. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at the doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia. That's modernfertility.com slash Pia. So tell me like, give me like a timeline and like a breakdown for like those who don't know, like I have an idea obviously of what happened and have been keeping up and read various articles. And then I read articles that didn't paint you in a good light that really pissed me off that I talked about often with, like, I remember like Amanda Bacon and I talking about it, just like kind of 
um, you were put in like a really fucked up position. Um, and so I would love to know kind of like, okay, so you started the company, it does really well, it's raising money. Like how did it get to, how did all of this happen? Let's see. So early on, went to a number of investors, like got told no a bunch of times. I think that's like well-documented out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then started getting yeses and the brand started to pick up steam. And, and ultimately, if I look back at OVR, our number one strength was our community. So we hosted these really lovely kind of events, whether it be dog jogs or joggers clubs. You or- did so much that, that inspired me all the time to move my body. So that, that was the goal. But like, we really prioritized kind of the offline activation of the product. And it led to this like super in, engaged, enthusiastic and passionate, like true community around the brand that really believed in this mission and purpose of doing things. So moving your body on a daily basis. And ultimately, um, I, I don't know, I, I'd say like it became a well-known brand. It still has so much potential to really do great things. But it became, it became an extremely well-known brand. It was like everybody was wearing OV. I still have all my original, I wear all my OG OV stuff all the time. Well, yeah, no, it's great. I, and I loved it. And I loved working on the product and we we had such a special thing going for us. We really, like in a time where a lot of brands were prioritizing like, buying customers online and like with Instagram kind of in its earlier innings like that, that made sense. Now it's much more challenging. We really focused again, like on the offline and really kind of the mission of the brand and in kind of the activation. So at the end of the day, like we had such a rockstar team and and many awesome years of like delivering product and, and growing, growing the company. Ultimately, like what happened was we brought too many people into as investors and board members into the company. Mm. And it became something that like was no longer something I could manage as like a first time CEO. Um, and it became really difficult to navigate. Ultimately, I lost control. So like focusing on your ownership as a founder and like really protecting that, even as you're ra- raising money is something I learned the hard way because when you lose kind of the majority of the company from a percent ownership perspective, you also lose kind of the key decision-making power. So mm-hmm. ask me more. I, I learned so much. There's so much <laughs> I can tell you about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I always wonder, and like, you know, I launched LPA with a partner, you know, I have Revolve yeah. and now my husband has his brand and he does that completely by himself. Uh, we did like a small round of friends and family. So yeah, like we're at the point where like he needs, I mean, people are like, we always see people are sharping him, like they're circling him, yeah. but like, sure. how do you even go about raising, I mean, I'm 35 and have multiple businesses that are doing well. And I still am like, how the yeah. fuck do you raise money? <laughs> like, yeah. like you, how- you just start. It's crazy. I, and, and I had no kind of experience in this, but I used like every conversation to like, refine, fine tune, tweak, figure out what worked, what didn't. And then like, I'm quite good at it now. I think we raised, and this isn't like, I always get annoyed when like articles are like, they raised this many, I get this so many dollars. I know. And like, they have this many employees and like, that's not, I don't that's not that's the way a business runs well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I always think that's really dangerous headlines. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I get that that's like sticky or like whatever people care about that, but it's really at the end of the day, what doesn't matter. Um, but I think, yeah, as you kind of put yourself out there, you start to have these conversations, you learn what works, what doesn't, and, and you get good at it. Um, and I have been very, I guess, good at always like 
setting a vision and then executing against it. Um, and, and so that's how we've been able to, to raise money. Um, I think we raised too much money without their voices. I think we raised close to 70 million and 70? it led to us 70. It led to us not like we had too much money. We didn't like focus as much on profitability as we should have. Mm-hmm. And like profitability is something that like you should always be able to like turn on. But ultimately, like the way that a lot of direct to consumer you know, businesses were running at the time was just like 30 to 40% of your total dollars raised goes to Instagram or Facebook. And like the name of the game is customer acquisition and how many uh, customers can you acquire? That is like a very challenged model these days, which is uh, a lot of why I've created the new company TYB, which we can get into. But on on the article piece, um, it's interesting because like I, I was having my first baby around this time that the board, you know, we were having issues at the board level on deciding how to grow the company, what team we needed, et cetera. How many people are on the board at this point? I don't know. I'm not there anymore. I left. No, no, no. But I'm sorry. I mean, at this point, point, I think think we had eight maybe with some advisors. Um, It was quite large. Um, And we had very different views on how to grow the company. Like, And is this just like, who's on your team? Like, or does your, do you, is it like, is it just like tie against like seven grown men? Like how, you know what I mean? I'm like, what's the, like, who's protecting you? Like who's on your side here? Like how, what was that like? Everybody is supposed to be, but we all yeah. have very different views. You know what I mean? We had different views on how to, how to grow the company. Like one party's like pure digital marketing. Like it just needs to fit nicely into this formula. And like, we are seeing other companies do it well. That said, like the activewear category is highly competitive. And then we had one board member who like had been very successful in kind of large retail as a CEO, but didn't understand kind of the new model um, and like the social media and plus like community-based growth. And then I was like very bullish on this 360 community effort is how we're acquiring our most valuable customers. And ultimately we got caught kind of like doing each of those halfway, which was really difficult. And then at the same time, just pile it all on. It was when kind of all these sensationalized articles started coming out and like I had my own beautiful version. I think the headline for me just in looking back is like, it's curious that like people are so shocked by like issues at a business. Like every business has challenges, like show me one that doesn't. But that became this like crazy news that like felt like something rare. It was unfortunate. It was unfortunate timing. But ultimately, I think it's par for the course. Like for people who run businesses and like have public profile. And mm-hmm. one thing that became really important to me con- coming off that experience, because I ultimately left after Voices, was um, to like start again. And, and to like, that's not going to rock me forever. Start again, set a vision, and then go execute against it. And so when you were raising money, I guess the right question would be then like, at these, you know, when you're raising money and you are talking to these different investors and, and eventual board members about how you wanted to raise, like at no point were you like, oh, they want to do it this way. But like, we don't do it that way. Like, were those red flags appearing or were you just kind of like, we need to raise as much money as possible? Because I do want to paint a picture for everybody and it still happens this way. When you yeah. were doing outdoor voices, like I was at Reformation, like this was like when like Glossier was happening, like it was right. all when everything started. And you are right, and it's and it's still happening, but I don't think it's, I think it's fucking negative, which was like 
we have so many employees and we have mm-hmm. CFOs from that went to Harvard business school and that went, you know, worked at this company and we're raising all this money and it had nothing to do about, we have happy employees. Like we're growing yeah, the way good. we want to, we're building our own structure. Like we're not, it, it the pressure was on. Completely. So that, that's, did yes, you get blinded by that? I felt extreme pressure to grow at a pace that probably like isn't something a physical inventory uh, apparel brand, you know, should try to grow at, <laughs> especially <laughs> with like a first scale and like a very young set. A lot of our employees were super young. This is our first go at it. Like the pressure to grow very fast came with the idea, like the the dollars. At least it felt that way. If we would have tempered that a bit and like grew 10% year over year, like that's also an attractive future. It just takes longer. And so today it's like a nice, it's something that's always top of mind. It's just like tempering that field to just like mm-hmm. the, the pressure to put pedal to the metal um, because the wheels can fall off. What was it like having, again, I think it's, I think the way that, these articles came out were extremely dangerous and unfair considering, you know, since startup culture started that a lot of these are female founded brands. We're supposed to protect women and not shit on them. Um, What was that like emotionally seeing like what was happening within your company being in the press? Um, I think the thing that's just like irritating um, or frustrating is that these journalists would go to ex-employees. And so they've made this large kind of allegations list of things that like come from five disgruntled employees. Like imagine your ex-boyfriend. How I don't know how many of my ex-boyfriends would be like, blowing report, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, so I, I kind of think about it that way. But I was like, my life's going to be over at the time. Like I knew some BuzzFeed article was coming out and I'm like, oh my God. And then it happened and like, literally have never gotten such a swell of like support from this Mm. community Mm -hmm. and they're like and then it moved on and so i don't know like i really thought it was gonna end me and it by no means did even though it is like scary and stressful that that's kind of where i'm like that that stuff's going to come up and like i want to be very much an example of like life goes on and and like that can't be a limiting factor yeah we all get to that point where we feel sluggish and feel like maybe we've been like off our game in terms of food and you need a little restart, but you don't necessarily want to do like a cleanse. You don't want to starve yourself. This is why I love Sakara. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. So you have all the tools that you need to transform your life with their organic ready-to-eat meal delivery program and the functional wellness essentials. All their meals, all Sakara's meals, are nutritionally designed and chef-crafted. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they're made with amazing plant-based ingredients. I love this stuff. I'm telling you, the meals are delicious, and you get a huge boost of energy. Your digestion resets. It totally helps curb any sugar cravings. 
And in turn, your skin starts glowing. Plus it's delivered right to your door. I don't know how they do it. Every, <laughs> every morning I wake up and there's like a fresh meal on my doorstep. The Saqqara shop is also stocked with my favorite functional plant-rich products and wellness essentials to help you create a body that you feel strong and vibrant in, like their best-selling metabolism super powder, which is like a chocolatey delicious treat that really helps you feel good. I do not travel without them. They also have plant protein bars, teas, and their newest functional snack, the super seed and nut blends. Scar has received rave reviews from Goop, New York Times, Vogue. What else do you need? And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when you go to sakara.com slash best or just enter code best at checkout. That's Sakara. It's spelled S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash B-E-S-T to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Life can be overwhelming or burned out. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue. I don't know. I always say like we're more connected than we've ever been, but I also just feel like how disconnected are all of us? There isn't a single person I know that isn't dealing with some sort of anxiety. And truly, I'm telling you this, I always say as a friend, I recommend BetterHelp almost on a daily basis because BetterHelp is customized online therapy. So you can chat with someone with a video. You can chat with someone on the phone. You can do live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. And as someone who grew up going to therapy and drove all over Los Angeles trying to find therapists she liked, I cannot believe that you don't have to leave your house. (laughs) It's unbelievable. And that you're not limited to therapists in your area. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast, like I mentioned, is sponsored by BetterHelp, and everything is the best. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Pia. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Pia. I do think, um, I think it's really dangerous the way that ex-employees... Listen, if you were in an an environment in a company where you are being abused verbally or overworked or any of those things, like, thank God that we all have the platform and, you know, hopefully the voice to make big changes because we all deserve a healthy and happy working environment. But I've never worked a job where it was like, roses and sunshine and I wasn't getting yeah. like my ass fucking handed to me. And I do think that there is part of this like now new startup culture where it's like, we have like, look at the fridge in our office. Look at like the totally. organic kombuchas in our, like everyone can bring their dog. Like everyone gets to do yoga all day long, like, which is great. And it's wonderful. But like, it's almost like if anyone is a little bit uncomfortable at the office, it's like, fuck everything. I hate working here and we should take this thing down. I mean, it's it's awful. (laughs) I mean, are you experiencing that? I know that. How does that work for you? Like in terms of managing younger? There's one LPA I'm under revolve. There's one person that works with only me, you know, like my husband runs his entire company by himself. Like all these investors have been having meetings with him. It's unhealthy, but like, he's very slow growth. Like he's Italian. He's like, this is slow and long and we're not doing this the way that anybody else has done it. 
and we have no we have no debt. He owns like 75% of his company and it's only profitable at this point. So, but it's tiny, you know, and like that also has its issues where he's not hitting numbers he needs to hit because we don't have the funds to acquire a new customer. It's like, you know, he's there at six in the morning. He's home at midnight some days. Like he had a meeting with Saks at 6 a.m. this morning because he does everything himself. He cried yesterday doing Excel spreadsheets because he can't put together his wholesale orders. Like also English is his second language. So so we need like a middle place in between the two. (laughs) But I think like working at Reformation as long as I did was just the best learning experience I could have. I started when there was 12 employees. And like Mm -hmm. watched it grow and watched real issues happen in the office that were not good and watched a lot of fabricated things come to light where even years after I worked there, I was like, those two things don't have anything to do with one another. And like that employee wasn't a good employee. Like, so, so you know, so I just think everything is really nuanced and layered and like, is what it is. And I just feel like as like a person on the ride and looking at everything, I'm thankful to like have had all those experiences to really, you know, in the middle of, like I say, like startup culture, be very thoughtful about like, you know, long-term goals that aren't like, you know, we're not like, we want to start something and sell it for hundreds of millions of dollars. Like we're like, as long as we like pay our mortgage (laughs) and get to have a couple of vacations and like send Carmel to nice school and like, you know, obviously we want, but we don't have these, like, by the way, like we don't have, I don't have that skill set. You are hyper intelligent in a way that I'm not. And I know my strengths and weaknesses. Like, you know, way more than I do. I'm solely creative. So sure. You well, have, just different. Yeah. Yeah. Different. Yeah. hundred percent. I hear you. So I don't put myself in positions like that to, to be <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, no, and I appreciate that. And like, look at Patagonia, like growing 10% year over year. And they've got a beautiful business where, you know, they've set up a company that people are happy to work at. So like mm-hmm. that, that's beautiful to me. Also, like when you go fast, oftentimes, like I'm quite an optimistic, fast paced person. And uh, I think like, it's hard like, for me my, to be slow. My blind spot, and I found that this out, was like not fully accounting for kind of the potential downside. You know what I mean? And so like I'm cruising along, like going to do whatever it takes to like directionally keep growing this thing. And like we're going to figure everything out. But like I then became in over my head, particularly at the board level, managing kind of like a political... I'm not the best politician, but I could improve my <laughs> political skills for sure based on that experience. Um, but yeah, to like consider the downside and de-risk a little bit is something something that is very top of mind for me. Were most of these board members men? I seem to like ha- have amnesia from the time, but uh, yes, uh, we had one female board member beside myself. I also think there's something, a lot of things to say about that like bullying <laughs> a young girl whose vision had brought her to the point where she had a multi-million dollar company. Also, I don't think it's right. And I think that's what, I think that's from the outside. That's very much what it looked like, by the way. Like, was that like you had taken on a bunch of like wealthy adult men and your company was taken from you? You know, I mean, it really looked like Ultimately, that. we brought um Mickey Drexler and he... He had obviously been very successful at J. Crew Gap, Old yeah. Navy, et cetera. And like, I really 
respected him and still do. That said, like he had never not been the CEO and it mm-hmm. became a really difficult world to operate within as the CEO that's accountable for everything. And then kind of like a co-CEO situation that, you know, had kind of like onboarded um, specific people from the team with like the way he wanted to run it. So if I were to like, I don't know, consolidate into kind of like one thing that ultimately became like what just wasn't going to be a pretty future. Mm. And I like at the end of the day, I learned what being the CEO is like you're, you're <laughs> taking more accountability for everything and rightfully so. But I didn't, I didn't protect kind of the environment and ex- experience kind of that needed to be protected to be successful in an ongoing capacity in that role. You left for a second and then I remember we talked and you were back there again and then yeah. ended up. So how, what, what happened there? Um, I was, I was not planning to leave. And then I had found out that this like article that like, whatever what was, I don't know what they were referencing. Cause it, there were like half truths in there, whatever this came out and it took me by surprise. Cause like I had been, you know, for many kind of months at the board level saying we need to make a change here because I can see it's not going to end well. And that had been committed to me and then it just never happened. Um, and then out comes this like crazy article about like the shit that's happening at Outdoor Voices. And literally that moment, I couldn't have been more furious because I had called this out many times and asked for help. Mm. And then literally, <laughs> and I've never resigned from something. So it's funny to look back at that email because it's like, to board or whoever, like I hereby tender my resignation. Yeah. <laughs> doing this time. It's like, I like think I Googled how to fucking resign. And so I was like, bye. And then, and then whatever, like they had come back to me a few weeks later. It's hard to leave like the baby that you birthed. Like, can you imagine that? It's so no, insane. No, no. My heart <laughs> aches for you. Like your hand, you've done everything very gracefully. And I know that you're like, that was a chapter of my life and no big deal. Yeah. But if I were you like seeing anybody wearing outdoor voices or like doing things fucking water yeah. bottle, I would fucking lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is I still have equity, but I, I it's nice to be kind of, energized and and dug into building something new but but yeah that that was like crazy and and the reason i went back was like i always am like okay here's the situation as screwed up as it might be like there's got to be a way to solve it you know what i mean and so i went back in and i'm like okay let's do this i'm fine with whatever the position but like i know i know where this brand needs to go um and there's too much good here to like blow it up so i rejoined and like gave literally everything i had to like to participating in a really like valuable way and ultimately had just like not, I don't know. It was a whole different ball game at that point. And, and I wasn't able to like lead in the way that I, I knew I should be. And ultimately just, I had to look at it from a personal standpoint and be like, there it's too much oppor- opportunity cost not to go start something from scratch and like go build it again um, yeah, from a financial perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then I left. with everything that you knew. Yeah, a hundred percent, totally. So I left at the top of last at this year. What did you say? You, you were you pregnant? Or you already had your baby. Uh, I had just had Sunny um, right before all of this like happened. I mean, it, like I was, it was nuts. <laughs> this is nuts because yeah, you're supposed to be protected and felt safe, and your hormones are all over the place. And like, so yeah, it was crazy. I mean, 
all of this was like building to a point while in kind of the last trimester being pregnant for the first time. And unfortunately we had like a totally chaotic, disastrous birth, which who knows if it had to do with the stress. And I now realize that a lot of people had, you know, like a lot of people's birthing stories, like they don't tell you for a reason until you've had your kid because yeah. most people have something quite scary go on. But yes, that, that took place kind of while all of this was going on. Um, I mean, literally what were you doing to make sure that you were protecting your mental sanity? Uh, it, there was no room for that. It was crazy. Um, I mean, Mark, my husband's amazing and yeah, he's a great guy. I met him a long time ago. He's a great guy. I I was really happy when I saw you guys got together. I was like, this is a great couple. (laughs) Yeah, we have, he's awesome. We're, we're very in love and, and he, he was great. And so anyway, I just had to get through it, but it wasn't something I could control. So it was difficult as you can imagine. I mean, were you just like, I have to stay off my phone? Were you meditating? Like, how do you balance that? I like blacked it out because it was such a brutal time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't recollect much from that time because it was just so everything was max, but you get through it. How long did you wait before deciding you were ready to start something else? I, so I, Let's see. That's a great question. I stayed on probably another eight months and like had started thinking about kind of this new community building space and a playbook for community building and getting interested in the Web3 space like while I was still at OV. And then and then, yeah, January left both the board and and the company. So it was probably eight months. So You just said I'm out of here, but obviously you still have your equity. equity. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. they should do super well. I hope I hope they do because I'd like to make some uh, bucks from, from all of that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Very well. I still see it everywhere. I mean, it's like, how many, like there's a store everywhere, it seems like. Probably. Um, I haven't followed too closely, but that damn exercise dress, everybody seems to have a color or two. <laughs> exercise dress, it's totally true. It's so funny. It's a cute idea. Yeah. Thinks are reusable underwear that absorb your period. They look and feel just like normal underwear, but better. I wish these were invented when I was 10 years old and got my period for the first time. Thinks comes in a range of absorbencies from lightest to super that hold up to five regular tampons or 2.5 regular pads worth of blood. So you can use them in conjunction with a tampon or a cup to prevent leaks or on their own. I use them to prevent leaks. And I have to tell you, it has been honestly a game changer for me, like kind of just in terms of dignity, because every month during my period, I always, always leak. They are machine washable. I toss it in the washing machine with my other laundry and I hang them to dry. And Thinks is size inclusive. So they offer all of their styles up to 4X. Listen, over 1.2 million people have made the switch to Thinks. And Thinks has a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you can try their period underwear completely risk-free. And now they are offering our listeners $10 off your first order with code PIA. That's P-I-A. Just visit RethinkYourCycle.com. That's RethinkYourCycle.com to claim $10 off your first order using code PIA. Make the switch to Thinks today. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworkers' promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? 
Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. Okay, so now you have two children. Yeah. And what is your third baby? What is this new company you started? Yeah, it's called DYB, Try Your Best. And it is essentially... Uh, Pierre, are you familiar with kind of the Web3 space or no, not? So if you could please explain okay. that to me because I'm a little slacking on the tech. Yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. We, we're essentially making um, Web3-enabled community building tools. Uh, the idea is that these tools allow you as a brand to directly connect with your fans, your community members, your most loyal customers, engage them to help you build, and then incentivize them from a monetary, uh, et cetera, oh, cool. perspective. Okay. Uh, and so the idea, and I'll get into kind of like what Web3 is at, at a high level, but the idea is that crypto has the potential to unlock a much better business model for brands that are today structurally reliant on, on Facebook and Instagram. So like I had said, I don't know what your guys' experience is, but we're spending so many dollars on acquiring customers that ultimately are not sticking with us. So kind of the headline across a lot of situations that peers who run companies and heads of e-com say is like, it's been focused on customer acquisition, but now we're, we need to figure out what loyalty looks like. How are we going to keep the customers that we have engaged with us and build that LTV? And so that's where we've really focused is bringing in this new technology. It's called Web3, crypto, blockchain. The headline, the most attractive part about Web3 for me is this idea of community ownership where users of a product have stake in or ownership in that product. And, mm. and basically it's about aligning incentives. Um, and, and so that, that's what the new toolkit does. Um, if I looked back at Outdoor Voices, there's two things that I know. One, that community works for brand building. It's a healthy way to grow. But it's also very operationally challenging to interact, let's say, with a group of a, th- a thousand ambassadors across Slack and fragmented channels. And then the second thing is it's not measurable. So like I had mentioned in the boardroom saying, I know community's working. We should invest more here. Mm-hmm. There was no clear kind of Data. ROI. Yeah. yeah. And and so we've really focused on that with this toolkit. I think ultimately, if I'm looking at the future, like the next greatest brands are going to be community founded and community led. And it's all about co-creation and incentivization. And so we've really, and I can speak to kind of some of the things we did well at Outdoor Voices that have informed this toolkit, but pretty simply, it's a toolkit to engage with your community, supercharge growth, and then reward them for helping you grow. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. That's really cool. I do think it does concern me that everything is about customer acquisition and like, you know, when, when like cookies changed and everyone was like, what are we going to do? I was like, maybe you're going to try to like have a better relationship with your customer. <laughs> like, because this I'm is like, all relationships. Yep. Because I'm like, totally. we're all spinning this hamster wheel of like, how are we growing? Okay. Like these are our core customers, but now we need these people. Now we're going to text them all day long when we have a new product. Now we're going to be here. And this. And it's like all those tools, by the way, I don't like as a customer. If, if a brand sends me a text message, I'm pissed. Yeah. Like, I'm like, why are you trying to infringe on my day? You know, I feel yeah. like it's really, everyone seems like they're trying too hard because there's 
But I'm like, if everyone just like slows down and like really makes their customer love them so much. Like I was like, why aren't we informing our customer? Why aren't we being so aspirational that our customer wants to see what we're coming out next with, you know, what we're doing. But I love the idea of like having that intimate relationship and then rewarding them. Totally. A hundred percent. And like in my past experience, there are a few things that really worked. We called everybody team of our ambassadors, our customers, yeah. our employees. And we ta- it was like a multi-thousand kind of group of people distributed kind of everywhere throughout the US. And we tapped them from an awareness standpoint by empowering them to host kind of on a local level, different activities, like I had mentioned. So paddleboarding, whatever class or... I forgot uh, about that. There was always uh, some cute OV thing happening with like a normal yeah. person. It wasn't like, but it was run by it was run by the ambassador network. It was yes. so cool, and they felt they felt like proud to host. We'd essentially like set a camp counselors. Totally, it was super cool. Um, but that became our most uh, valuable way to introduce people to the brand. For our, our customers, were four times more valuable coming in through kind of this higher touch in real life, um, like yeah. activation versus online, and so. One of the aspects of what we've created is is we're using crypto to essentially coordinate this distributed network to give them the tools to go post things in real life, um, to engage them kind of at scale around like creating community-led content or UGC reviews, et cetera. But rather than just doing that for you know the fun of it, also getting rewarded for it in the form of brand coins, collectibles, and dollars. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so that makes so much sense who did you what? do this with uh my really close friend zach and partner at tyb he he um ran finance and ops at outdoor voices so we worked together for a long while and he actually introduced me to kind of the web3 crypto space and we were looking at these communities where like people had stake in the project and they just like grow sensationally like so fast that didn't necessarily need to be the goal, but ultimately like we thought this could apply so nicely to the consumer space and kind of like redistribute some of those dollars to the actual end customer that, you know, will be with you for a long time. And so he, and then we have a third partner who is our CTO. And so we came together. We also have like a bunch of team that we worked with at Outdoor Voices, our creative director, Tiffany. Um, It's been lovely. It's very nice to work with a familiar group. So we're having a, a real good time. So is this a software? Is this just like a software that you've developed? Or are you do you have a brand that you've also developed inside of this to like test it out? TYB is the software. It's the it's the community TYB's building tool. Software. Okay. And then we've incubated um some product brands. So Joggy is the first. So the Joggy, yeah, which is what mm-hmm. okay. And, and really kind of the purpose around uh, around Joggy is to use it as like to help us with R and D to refine the tool, make sure that Totally. The different components of the tool are driving the right business results and that it's fun. It's it's essentially like a game to play in like a more getting more intimate like access to some of your favorite brands, participating influence in colorways, etc. and then getting rewarded for it. But uh Joggy was built in part to to really help us refine the tool, to be a model for other brands for how can you use collectibles to engage in this more meaningful way. And then ultimately it's a product that I really care about. So it's Joggy's an energy company, like supplement for energy. And the thought is let's replace Red Bull with a clean kind of steady energy. But the first starting lineup, the first five products all have full spectrum CBD. Cool. And like, I've always been like totally against, or just a skeptic. I'm like, what the hell is this doing? 
but I started experimenting with different amounts of THC and CBD a few years back before going running or before exercising and found that the right formulation, if you took it ahead of, you would enjoy your workout more. Like it yeah. gives you the slight euphoria, which is really nice. And then you'd go longer because you're not like thinking about how painful this is. So um, uh, I, I, used to, I used to, there's a, a group in New York called the Bridge Runners and which are so cool. I used to babysit for the guy who started it when I like first moved to New York. Now these kids are like adults with careers. It's so crazy. But the guy who started it, the, everyone, I was always so shocked because they would all smoke weed and then go on these uh-huh. really long runs. And I was uh-huh. like, that's the opposite of what I want to do if I'm stoned. But they uh-huh. all of them were like, you just, it's like you're trotting and you feel your yeah. body in a beautiful way. And you're not thinking about Very the cool. Makes it super euphoric. Our for our like um, first product is called Runner's High, so it's exactly that. Oh. It's um, it's like this euphoric state that generally you only get after logging like tons of miles. Yeah, but that's the cool thing about the weed or hemp. Like ahead of it, conjures that up more quickly, and it's you become like the Energizer Bunny, where you're like forgetting that in a good way, forgetting that like you're running and just like enjoying being out there, and it's very sensory. It's cool. So you just started a new software and a brand at the same time and did like full product yeah. development. You need to model hundred um, percent. It's amazing but, that you started a brand to essentially like beta test this whole thing, right? It's, it's working really well. The, the first kind of um, call to action, the way we launched Doggy was essentially by selling um, a Joggy Doggy collectible. So there's 500 founding member collectibles into the brand. And so you get access into this channel along with some other perks, which are quite cool. By holding this collectible, and I want to talk a bit about collectibles because I know people are skeptical of the NFT world, but by purchasing this collectible, the headline perk is these 500 people will get revenue-based rewards based on 5% of Doggy's revenue in in perpetuity. So it's almost like thinking about an angel investment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So so you're buying this collectible, you have access to 5% of Doggy's revenue, and then there's you have like friends and family discounting, et cetera. It's essentially buying into a membership. That's how we launched Draghi. I think we sold out in 70 hours, 500 at 250. So it wasn't wasn't cheap. And now we have this really engaged community within the Joggy channel on TYB that are activating locally. They've already set up like local running or Joggy channels um, where they're getting together, et cetera. It's very cool. Wow. And we're about to layer in kind of the next thousand. Um, but that's been our go-to-market. That's how we launched. It's it's using the TYB tool. This is so cool. <laughs> it is cool. Well, so one thing just to kind of like I think collectibles a lot. Like people are skeptical because I don't know the crypto world can be kind of intimidating. If I kind of point back to a, an example from my past, the blue doing things hat, which became kind of this covetable signifier of your belonging to the OB community. It was something that you could only get by like showing up to an event in the early days and, and participating. So it became something that you had to take action for, but it also was just like a brand souvenir and like you own something from kind of the brand's heritage. If I take that kind of physical doing things hat, I, I see it very obviously becoming something digital that lives in a wallet and then has the added benefit of utility. So by having, let's say, the one of the first 500 blue doing things hats, the brand can decide this might be a ticket to an exclusive event, or you might have access mm. to a private shopping page, or uh, this might mean that you get this set of perks, etc. So collectibles are now just a new kind of vehicle for programming, which 
is the way that we're really using them in different kind of brand interactions today. That you you explained that perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ty, it was great talking to you. This has been I've been we've been trying to do this for a very long time. Uh huh. And I'm so happy that we did. Also, when you sent me the joggy site, I was like, this is adorable and really cool. And I would love to try these products. <laughs> I know. We'll get you some. They're, they're really good. Yes. You're going to like them. I get really postpartum was, has been really hard for me with my, like I gained a lot of weight, but I worked out the whole time I was pregnant. I really healthy. I still gained yeah. like 60 pounds. The weight did not come off. I just started losing weight. It's almost been a year. Okay. Like, it'll be a year next month. And I think a lot of this, like outside of like physical things that were happening, like my PCOS and making sure that I was doing all the wrong workouts. I was spiking my cortisol. Like I was doing everything wrong, but I think now there is this huge mental component. Right. And like, there are times when I'm working out and I like look at my body and I'm like, fuck, that's not the body I used to have. And then it's like, why am I even like, I'm so heady that to be in a place where I could just like lighten that load a lift a little bit and like feel still energized would be an ideal tool. We have, so the second product just quickly is called Ready Steady. And, and what we had found through research was like ahead of going to the gym or working out or uh, like a group class, a lot of people have like crazy anxiety. So like this one is more of the traditional CBD use case where it just takes the edge off a bit and like makes it a lower barrier to entry to like get moving. You know what I mean? So that I'll, I'll send you some because I think you're going to like it. We'd love your feedback. And then we'll be in LA this summer. So let's go yes. surfing. I'm a horrible <laughs> <laughs> my Italian husband who does not work out will watch you eating a sandwich from the meat. <laughs> <You and I. laughs> oh yeah, I love it. All right, it's really good cool. to see you. You too, talk soon. Bye, Pia. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.